And we're good. Thanks. Oftentimes we assume that being a Christian is an easy choice, that it's going to be the easiest thing we'll ever do in our lives, that if we're good people, good Christians, we follow the law, that everything is going to be given to us, that we're not going to struggle, that we're not going to have hardships. That's not how it works. That is not what it is to be a child of God. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything. If you're just going through the motions, you're just being a good person, you're just following the law, you're not living righteously, you're not living how God wants us to live as Christians. If this is the only scripture we ever read, then I can see how it might look like all we have to do is go to church on Sundays, not commit crimes, and be good people. But that's not how it works. God won't let anything bad happen to us if, if we do a good job and we're his people. We have jobs that he specifically gives us that we have to do in order to receive everything that he's promised us. It is God's will that we do certain things. And we have to make sure that we do those things. In Genesis Seven, chapter 7, verse 1, it says, The Lord said to Noah, Come into the ark, and you and all your household, because I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. So he found Noah to be righteous in doing exactly what he wanted and living the life that he wanted him to live. And he still asked him to build an ark at 600 years old. He was given very specific parameters for this ark. Genesis 6, chapter chapter 6, verse 14 and 16 says, God tells Noah exactly what he expects. He says, make yourself an ark of gopher wood. The NIV says cypress wood. Make room in the ark and cover it inside and outside with pitch. And this is how you shall make it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, in, in width, its width 50 cubits and its height 30 cubits. That's a big arc. That's approximately 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. This could not have been easy for a 600 year old man. He did not have the luxury of power tools or sawmill to prep the wood, he had to do all of that by hand. And he had to make it exactly how God wanted him to make it, to those specific parameters in order to receive the blessings that God is going to give him for building this ark. Because that is what God expected of him. That was a hard choice. Noah could have said, I'm too old for this. This is not what I want to do. I could be spending time with my kids and my grandkids. But he didn't do that. He made the hard choice to put in the hard work and do what God commanded him to do. When Noah had done all that God had commanded, God blessed him and created a new covenant with him to never again destroy the earth by floodwaters. Now that is a great blessing because Noah put in the hard work. He made the hard choice to do all of that. He made the hard choice at 600 years old to work himself very hard to get that done. 
Abraham was commanded to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. Could you imagine being asked to give up your only child or even your eldest child? He also had to build the altar that he was going to be burned as a sacrifice on. He took him with him. He built the altar. He tied his hands and laid him on the altar, prepared to sacrifice him because that is what God commanded. Genesis 22, 9 and 10 says, Then they come to the place of which God had told him, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hands and took the knife to slay him. That couldn't have been easy. There is absolutely no world in which that would be an easy choice. But it is what God commanded him to do. He obviously had a reason for wanting it done, and that was shown shortly after. In Genesis chapter 22, verse 12, it says, And he said, Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. So because he was willing to do everything that God wanted him to do, He was willing to sacrifice his son. God spared him. Those are just two examples from the first book of the many times where people have had to make the hard choice to do what God has asked. David faced a foe much larger than him, relying solely on his faith in God for victory. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with a sword and spear and javelin, and I come against you with the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Now that must have been a hard choice, because Goliath was much bigger than he was, much stronger than he was. But he knew that if he did what he was supposed to do and made that hard choice to defend these people in the name of God, that he would be protected. Who knows what would have happened if he had not done that. If he had said, well, I'm just going to take this slingshot and try my best. But he made the choice to do it in the name of God, as God wanted. Moses spent 40 years leading the Israelites to the land that God had promised. They faced many, many trials and tribulations in that 40 years. But they still pushed on to reach the promised land. Daniel was thrown into the lion's den because he refused to pray to King Darius and prayed to God instead. Mary, as a betrothed woman that had not consummated her marriage, agreed to become the mother of the Son of God. And if Joseph had divorced her, as the scripture says he considered and not accepted, This, she would have been shamed and most likely ostracized. That must have been an extremely hard decision. In that time, it was extremely looked down upon. And, I mean, even divorce was extremely looked down upon. This was a, from the research that I was able to do, when they state that they are betrothed, Mary is considered Joseph's wife, but she would still live at home for the first year with her parents until 
that year was up and then they would consummate the marriage so in that time she was already considered his wife so if he wanted to break the engagement he would have to do what was considered a divorce and she would have been greatly shamed for that jesus was crucified to free us from the burden of sin and he knew this was coming he could have turned his back at any time and said I just really don't feel like it. I'll go do something else. But he didn't. He went through all of that trial and suffering, made that hard choice to endure that pain and that torture because that was God's will. None of these people took the path of least resistance. None of them were forced to do what God commanded or what God wanted. But because they did it, they received God's favor. They reap the benefits. As a Christian, a child of God, we have to do more than just be good people, be good Christians, be upstanding citizens. We have specific things that we have been asked to do. He's not asking us to build an ark or spend 40 years in the desert. He's not asking us to sacrifice our only child. But if we want everything we've promised, we have to be willing to do what he has asked of us. Luke 6, 38 says, Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, it will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. We have to be willing to put as much into our lives as children of God as we want to come back into our lives. If we expect everything that God has promised us, we have to be willing to give him everything that he's asked. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 and 18 says, Pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Do you pray without ceasing? Do you spend every opportunity you get praying? Or do you pray out of obligation? Say blessing before your meal. Say prayers before bedtime. Say prayers at Sunday on church. Do you find times when you are on break at work or sitting outside enjoying the sunrise to thank God for what he's given you? To thank him for all the blessings that we have. Do we give thanks like we're supposed to? Are we thankful for this podium standing in front of me so I have somewhere to put my hands? Are we thankful for these rugs that stop us from slipping on the floor? Are we thankful for the clouds that make it not as hot today, make it a breeze? Are we thankful for every little thing in our lives or just the big things, just our house, just our car, just that really good job with the really big paycheck? Luke 6:37 says, Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Do you live with a forgiving heart? Do you still hold a grudge from high school or from elementary school or from any point in your life? Do you hold on to that one mean thing that that person said to you? Are you forgiving when you are at the restaurant and the waiter is running a little behind and your drink didn't get refilled on time? Are you forgiving when your brother or your sister does something that you don't like? 
Are you forgiving if someone steals from you or someone hurts you or someone breaks something that belongs to you? We need to always remember to forgive because if we want the forgiveness that God has promised us, we have to forgive first. If you're holding grudges and holding on to those things and holding them in your heart, you're not going to receive the forgiveness that He's promised. Do you study the Scripture? Do you find time in your day to do a devotional? Joshua 1.18 says, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may not be so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, and that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped in every good work. So if you want to live your life as the Christian that you are supposed to be, you have to study the scripture to get that into your heart, to know exactly what you're supposed to do. And you can't take it one scripture at a time. I've pulled out several scriptures and read each one individually with a different focus. But I based each scripture that I pulled out on several scriptures together to make my point. I didn't just read one scripture because we can just read seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything. If we just read the seek the kingdom of God and he will give you everything, then we don't see that we have to live righteously. We don't see exactly what he wants us to do in order to have that righteous life. You have to study the scripture. You have to study all of it. And we use that for the good works that we are going to do for the way that we approach people, the way that we do things in our life, for how we pray, for when to pray, to make sure that we are praying in a manner that we're supposed to and not just out of obligation for grace, Sunday morning, and bedtime prayers. This is a big one. Seek the kingdom of God. In Matthew 6.33 it says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things shall be added unto you. That's an amazing song. I've sang it many, many times. And we have to look for God in our lives. We have to look for God in the Bible. We have to study it and try and live our lives in a way that's pleasing to Him before all else, above all else. All these other things that I have mentioned are ways to make sure that we are seeking God, make sure that we are making the hard choice. It's Sunday. You want to go golfing? Well, that's great, but you should be in church. It's the hard choice to give up the fun to get your heart right. You have to make the choice to be in church. You want to work 40 hours a week, 80 hours a week, 120 hours a week. That's great. But you have to be willing to give your tithe. You have to be willing to find times in that 120 hours a week 
to pray, to study the scripture, even if it's on your however many 15-minute breaks you get during a 120-hour work week, that you sit in your car and read the Bible. Sit in the break room at work and read the Bible. Share that with the people that you work with. Share with them your love of God, that you are seeking His kingdom first and foremost. The right choice will not be the easy one. If you get a big bonus at work, you can turn that around and share the light of God through that. You can give your 10% tithe. If it's a $500 bonus, that's $50. And then you can take another $50 out of that and find someone in the community that needs assistance and buy them those new clothes. Buy them that dinner that they need and tell them, I'm doing this with the love of God. Share the word with them and seek his kingdom first. Live righteously by sharing what you have in a way that pleases God. If you want to go golfing, not on a Sunday, (laughs) but if you want to go golfing, that is great. Share the light of God with your golf cart buddy, your golfing friend. If you want to go horseback riding, that's great. Share the light of God and the love of God in that time. Share scripture. You know, it doesn't have to be in your face, throw it in your face, but you can find a way to encourage that person in their walk with God because maybe they are already on a walk with God. Or maybe you need to help them find their way to a walk with God. It would have been much easier for Noah to say no, for Abraham to say no. And David and Daniel and Joseph and Mary, there are many other examples listed in the Bible that I didn't mention. But we have to study it to find them. But they are in there. The right choice is not the easy one. It might be sometimes. But the majority of the time it's not. Do not choose the wrong path. Make the hard choices. Put the effort into the walk that you have with God into the path that your life is following. Do it in a way that shows that you are seeking his kingdom first and foremost. God will provide for you. He will give you everything that he has promised if you do everything that he's asked of you. If you push and make that hard choice to live the life that God wants you to live.